Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. We are back on Talk of the Town today. It is a cool September day as my master gardeners back in the studio. Joyce and Kim joining me once again. I was going to tell you too, I was out in the garden yesterday with two of my children who were helping me oh, cut <laughs> tomato plants down. Yeah. You did the it's, deep side. It's time. It's time. Oh, I didn't want it to be time, but it's time. Um, it's and time. I didn't do all of them, but I went through heavily pruning. My sure. husband said the plants look naked. <laughs> I took off extra leaves and limbs and everything and just left what is out there that maybe will ripen with a little bit of a heat wave coming up mm-hmm. here. So what did you do with all the, let's call it residue or debris? What did well, you do with it? it's in a bag right now and it'll just, it'll go compost or, mm-hmm. yeah, that's... It's in a gigantic bag that my son and my husband will deal with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's normal. They, they, there's multiple avenues you can take. Yeah, when tell you start me about cutting. that. Like, what do I do with that What's stuff? What's the trend now that they're calling it putting the, the garden to bed? Yeah. I don't no. necessarily love that term, but no. it's it's a good visual, okay? So you clean it up, you tuck it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can do multiple things. You can turn it into compost. So you can take all your debris and remove it and put it into compost. You can take the clippings and things that you get from healthier plants. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put sick plants in there. And there's certain plants you don't want to leave. You don't want to compost. Like chop and drop kind of thing. Right. But that's really good to just leave the debris there to go back and put the nutrients that are within the plant back into the soil. That's why I do, I cut the tomato plants at the base and I leave yeah. the roots intact mm-hmm. yep. to feed the soil. That's perfect. One thing that does happen that people need to be aware of is depending on the year, and this year, more recently, as the summer got drier and, and hotter, I guess I would say, <laughs> we had in our garden a huge insect problem. Yes. Huge. Okay. And if you leave too much debris, you're going to give the, the those insects an opportunity to overwinter mm-hmm. in some cases. Well, most it, it's the insect itself probably will die, but their eggs are going to overwinter in mm-hmm. the soil. And in the spring, good luck. <laughs> it's gonna. So yeah. you really need to be t- this year in particular tuned into that. Now we didn't have a problem this year. We have in the past, not in the past couple of years, but we've had we've had a problem with Colorado potato beetles. Okay, they were terrible. Yeah, this year we didn't have any. Do you think part of that's because you remove your debris, that you've kept it pretty clean, and they haven't had that opportunity to have a. A well, made bed. I mm-hmm. I honestly, you know, I'm not sure. I'm wondering if it's not more weather related. Sure. Because mm-hmm. like last winter was so such a heavy, heavy snowpack. At one point, mm-hmm. I think we probably had on the level at least five feet of snow right. on the garden. Yeah. And and you know, it does seem kind of crazy, but even though the soil is frozen and everything else, there do, there does need to be some air. And when it's mm-hmm. when it's that compacted, then and then it. Remember last winter we got that icy, icy periods where then there would be an ice layer on top of the it's snow. It's like entombing and, yeah, it. Yeah, it was. So it was a really, really difficult winter, and I think a lot of the insects just didn't survive. But mm-hmm. we're grateful to get yes. rid of those those beetles. They were horrible, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they don't just it, they start out on the potatoes, but they'll anything in the in the in the <laughs> scavenger family. They'll eat up tomatoes. They'll eat up yep. eggplant. Oh, they'll they'll basically just any soft. Any melon type, they just go crazy, huh. and they're really mm-hmm. you can spray for them, but that it's it's, it's big picture. It's so annoying, right? <laughs> just, right. Mm-hmm. There I is another. There is another to touch base on that too. Like with our raised garden beds, there is the third option, which would be to till it under. 
yeah. it will decompose a little yeah. bit faster. Um, so it's a little bit better, but then you're also um, breaking up your soil and that's not necessarily always the best thing either right. because there's a whole environment down there that you don't want to disrupt. And this is so weird. I wonder if it's like a, a, a cyclical thing of now we know a little bit more about the microbiome that lives underneath yeah. the soil. And so if we disturb that, like what, but also people have been tilling for years and that's mm-hmm. how our crops are planted and all of this. So yep. it's, it's a, it's a give and a take. Yeah. It, it's kind of like um, when we do our no mome and we say like, Oh, leave your leaves lay for all the little critters that are out there. For the spring, you mm-hmm. know, they're not awake yet. Don't don't take your leaves off. Leave them there. But it's like you almost have to have a part of your yard dedicated to that. And then you want to keep the rest of it clean so you don't welcome pests like the potato beetle or there's even like the iris borer. Um, oh, don't all, tell me that. I just planted your irises. Yeah, there's all kinds <laughs> well, of things that can come up. I have chigger mites in our yard fun if you've ever been bit by those it's like a mosquito bite that doesn't go away for about 10 days not yeah. cool and if thing, you leave debris they will they will breed the vine borers will overwinter yes. in the debris and that yeah. can be devastating for yep. cucumbers any other vine crops basically yep. so basically if you have something that's diseased or pest laden you don't want to save that nope. No. Nope. no get that out of your yard don't put it in your compost either sometimes that's if you see something that's diseased you definitely want Remove it. Remove it from your property. Don't grow there. All mm-hmm. right. So now we're heading into fall. I know that apples are in full swing. We're starting to see some of those. Uh, keeping them good. University of Minnesota just came up yeah. with a new apple. Did you see this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be called kudos. Kudos. Kudos yeah. to them. Minnesota 33. It's going to be called kudos. But that whole the whole program in the University of Minnesota, I think historically has been very, at least to me personally, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but the whole in that program started, I want to say like easily 30 years ago, Sure, easily 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. But it, I was just writing down the names. It's kind of interesting. Honeycrisp, Zestar, Sweet Tango, Rave, First Kiss. That's one I of mean, my they're favorites. Just, mm-hmm. you know, and there's another one that's going to be called, oh no, I forgot. I, I didn't write that one down, but, but they've been working on that for years. Yeah. And I mean, if anybody's looked Lately, at the cost of apples, yeah. holy cow! <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but they're so wonderful, and it takes a you while know. to grow your own. Oh, yeah, you, <laughs> it does. Yeah. And I, you know, now I know people are having the Honeycrisp trees all over the yes. place. And if, for a while, you just had to wait until yes. they were producing enough. Yeah, yep. and now people have them. So I can't wait to try this new apple when it comes out. Uh, but what do we do if we have an influx of apples from a tree? We had a big Harrelson tree in our yard growing up. My mom used to make apple jelly and all that. But I remember yeah. wagon loads of apples and having to process all of those. How do we save those? What's the best way that we can go about storing them and different uses for them? Enter the room, the garden freezer. <laughs> yeah. We always go back to this, don't we? We need we a do. garden fridge and a garden freezer. Yeah. True. Yes. Well, if, with apples, just like the eating, say Honeycrisp, for example, I think obviously those are some of the most popular now mm-hmm. in the area for eating. The best thing to do is if you can and have room, you should. they should be refrigerated. They keep best between 30 and 35 degrees, actually. Okay. Now, they can be kept out, but they just simply won't last as long. They definitely don't. S- some apples will last up to seven months in the refrigerator, which is yeah. really oh. interesting. But they also recommend that you wrap the apples individually. If anybody remembers, that's putsy. Well, but yes, I, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. You remember but when you wrap I them think in. when we were in school? Sometimes at Christmas time, I'm talking like a long time ago. Sometimes people would donate a case of apples. Yeah, and in the grocery store, they'd come wrapped kind of in a tissue paper. Yes, 
And the, actually, okay. the reason for that is is to keep the apples separated because that old saying, one apple can spoil the barrel or something. Oh, that, sure. You know, apples are real susceptible to spoilage. And if one spoils, if it's touching other apples, it'll... It'll the just, next one will the go. The next one will go, too. There's so, a reason for the saying. So they're, they're, it's, it's absolutely true. And so you should wrap them and and store them, if possible, in a single layer. But these are all ideal things. How big is this refrigerator that you have, you know? Um, <laughs> well, but, no, more importantly, how many apples did I buy? Yeah. Yeah. And not take into consideration yeah. where I'm putting them. True. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> but, but the other thing, another, uh, for me personally, uh, uh, too, in terms of using apples, if I'm going to use them in the future, I'm more apt to like freeze them and use them yeah. at a later date because you can you can use a frozen apple and still make applesauce out of it. Sure, or uh, apple pie, baking. or a- yeah. apple pie, or for baking or that kind of thing. And the one thing you know, people apples will they, they oxidize when they're exposed to to air mm-hmm. and they they'll turn a little brown and people get you know pretty excited about that. There's a really simple way to eliminate that problem and that is just to sprinkle a little of uh, lemon juice mm-hmm. on the apple and just kind of mix them up a little bit leave that sit for a few minutes then rinse them and you get the bitterness off and the oxidation process stops oh, mm-hmm. okay. vinegar will do the same thing <clears throat> if you're using vinegar you want to use about a tablespoon of vinegar per cup of water mm-hmm. and just pour Soak it over them. pour it over your apples for a few minutes Rinse them with cold water and they'll stay. If you're like I'm thinking, if you're making a Waldorf salad, sure, you don't want brown apples. True, you know. Yeah. But if you've got an apple pie, you're going to put cinnamon in it anyway. Who cares? They're going to be brown. You know. So they're, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. applesauce is always. I've never seen applesauce that was white. It's no. always got a brownish, a golden, a golden look to That's it. That's when you know it's good. So. Um, you know, and apple butter is really, really easy right. to make. That, mm-hmm. and the, but that's like a. When the times I've made it is an all-day kind of in the crock pot kind yes. of thing. And Let's apple butter is absolutely wonderful. Oh, the house smells so good. Oh, it just is. It's, mm-hmm. you, you think the next day is Thanksgiving is right. how it feels to I me. Did a, you know? I did a batch of pear butter last year and, and canned that. And I have a friend that still wants, you know, he likes the pear butter. So. Oh, yeah. So it sounds really good. So yeah. there's there's a lot of things that you can do with apples and to keep apples. But the one thing to for people to recognize, too, is Apples give off ethylene gas, mm-hmm. and that's um, that's a ripening agent for many um, many kinds of produce. For example, when I was still working, we got in bananas that were too green. You put a ripe apple in a clothes bag with the with the bananas, and they ripe in a couple of days. They're oh, ripe, and mm-hmm. that's the one thing about about mass producing bananas. For example. They're always picked green, and then they're gas. Yeah. That's what, and it's the ethylene gas that they do, that they, that they put on the, or put them in a room, basically, and that's what causes the, the bananas to ripen. But a, a single apple will do the same thing for okay. you. So apples are, in the, but the, the flip side of that is when you're storing these apples, they'll cause other fruit to rot. <laughs> because so be careful be what careful, you're storing. Be yeah. careful where you're putting your apples, you, basically. In your apple fridge. Exactly. Yeah, your so you dedicated just, apple so fridge. So you just need an apple fridge, and it takes care of everything. Next to my flowers. <laughs> Our master gardeners, Joyce and Kim, in studio with us. I was preserving some things, doing some canning, and then my mom and I were like, why don't we have a vacuum sealer? So yeah, we ended did up, you get one? Yes, we ended up buying one, and now I've been... Playing around with the vacuum sealer for the first time ever in my life. Where was this thing? This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, I was kind of shocked the other time we were here, and you said you didn't have no, one. No, I went home and we bought one. Oh, so. <laughs> And so I've frozen peppers and all yeah. of that. We've got all that uh, ready to go for the winter. Vacuum sealers are something to uh, 
be coveted. Yeah, there's a learning curve. Yeah. Oh, oh for definitely. Sure. For sure. You, you know, you can use a vacuum sealer and seal things in glass jars. Did you yeah, know that? With mm-hmm. the hose. Yeah, with the, the hose yeah. and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you can say, even it's just in your in your pantry, you know, like coconut or something like that Ooh. that you want to keep fresh. Dehydrated um, cinnamon you, you just, apple slices. Yum. Oh, ab- any saying. of that stuff. Um, so they're, they're a really amazing piece of equipment, but the issue becomes... Mm got to store it someplace. Yeah, that's you know, true. And I've got so much equipment that it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to yep. build yep. a second house to, yep. to store my Joyce, stuff. You know? the storage equipment facility. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's this a, is where the apple exactly. fridge. Apple fridge. <laughs> the flower fridge. Yeah, yeah it's all easy. <gasps> I got that. Uh, I know as we head towards winter, we talk about being able to force some bulbs. And you've talked about, and then we need a bulb fridge because we're going to need this for yes. this conversation yes. too, right? Yes. Like separate fridge. Yes. Well, you know, I had a had a revelation that I'm going to try this. <laughs> this winter <laughs> okay. you know well i've been forcing bulbs forever yeah and basically yeah. all you do this time of the year is go to one of the even the big box stores everybody's yeah. got daffodil and tulips and all the the spring bulbs for sale if you force them basically what you're doing is you artificially put them through uh, the cold the cold period that they naturally need in your garden and then you yep. and you do this in the refrigerator like you'd plant them probably by the 10th of november in a pot Put it in a plastic bag, water it well, put it in a plastic bag in the back of your refrigerator. And in the spring, and I'm saying like, oh, probably March. They need to about four months, about in March. Of course. You pull them out. They start, they're starting to come up. You put them in a sunny window. And first thing you know, you have daffodils blooming in the house, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. But smells super I, yummy. I had this, this revelation that I'm going to try this year is why not do that same thing? But then in, in, when they start to come up, instead of putting them in a sunny window, put them outside. Because oh, yeah. you know, what, so you can have pots of daffodils, and daffodils are a pick because nothing like rabbits aren't going to hop by and eat no. them off. Nothing nope, will bother them. And doesn't that seem like a good idea to have Everybody's daffodils blooming, blooming on your front step? Yes, something. I'm going to try Uh-oh, it. Oh, now I, I need, now I need to go buy some. Bulbs. I don't see why nope. it wouldn't work. I mean, I just really don't see why it wouldn't work. So, so this is going to be everybody's going to drive past Joyce's and be like. Oh, there she is. That lady must be a master gardener. Why does she already have her daffodils blooming? But the but the downside is quite honestly though too when you force bulbs, generally it's one one and done. Oh, one yeah. and done. Okay. You can't yeah. you can't you can replant them somewhere. The bulbs they might come up, they might not. But the big thing is they might never bloom again. Okay. So yeah. why bother? So if you're buying the bulbs now, now is the time really to get them in the ground. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you're, get them yeah. get them in the ground. Yeah. Daffodils if you're gonna, are more critical than tulips too. Yeah, you want to exactly. get those in soon. Tulips you can go until you can't work the ground. That's okay. my opinion. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say that that's the golden. Well, they, <sighs> the, the recommendation is any of those bulbs by the end of October mm-hmm. should be in the ground. Later okay. than that, and you. We could get hard it. freeze. Excuse me, because once the ground freezes, they stop sending out the Any roots, kind of and they're trying to do that. That's what they're trying to do is to get a root system. I haven't pulled my zinnias yet. That's where the daffs come out. Oh, yeah. So I'm not. Uh, I gotta find a new place. My zinnias place. are still beautiful. Beautiful, I, I still. the same. I'm just not going to cut any of that stuff. Have down. you saved any seeds, either one of you? No, because they're no. not getting ripe. Because I just they're get, just get oh, I get new plants. Yeah. So I picked some <laughs> off. I'm. I'm science experiment kim the scientist kim not the gardener right is cutting them while they're still ripe to see like at different stages of ripeness to when they're already needing to be deadheaded and see which one is maybe gonna produce the next year sinia i can tell you Mm. it's gonna be the ones that are ready to be deadheaded deadheaded. anything less than dead ripe 
won't. So what I love is the fact that my Cosmos came back. Yeah, mine did too. Mine did too. Just Volunteer came back? Just Volunteer. They're beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So Very pretty. I always look for that. And uh, the other Volunteer nightmare story that I have is my dill is taking over everywhere. Oh, do you know what I had Volunteer come up? What? An ear of corn. Just one? Corn. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't plant corn. Okay. It's It's in my back garden and it just... There's a oh, there's a stock a, of corn back bird, there. A bird planting. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah you for, had an animal I was like, planting. What on earth? <laughs> this piece of corn. Oh man. So as we we're in the fall, um, fertilizer. Are we talking fertilizer for our yards? Are we talking fertilizer for? Can I fertilize my raised beds after I put them to bed and clean them, get them ready for next year? Can I do that now? Or you can do multiple things. Yeah. Well, I think with the yard, if you any of these lawn services, they part of their program is usually a fall fertilizing mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. As long as they know what they're doing, that's that's not a bad thing. What okay. you don't want to do is just pour loads of fertilizer on your yard, it's and then you get wasteful. A, get a heavy rain. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just wasteful. It's just wasteful. But any like raised beds or anything that's in a contained space, um, flower beds that are around your house and stuff, mm-hmm. it's probably a really good idea to fertilize in the fall. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not, you don't want to, you don't want to use like. High nitrogen fertilizer. Or yeah, anything you're not like trying right to grow. You're not, you know, roots. you're just you're just trying to trying to make sure that it's available there for the for the crop or for the, you know, whatever you're planting next y- year. Whatever right? you're planting next year, so that it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fall fertilizing. If you think about people that are farming, you you know, you see that they're they're putting on anhydrous ammonia on various things in the in the fall of the year. The reason is that that nutrients are there then in the spring okay. for the crop yeah. to take it. it's the same it's the same principle but you need to be careful about what you're fertilizing and be very concerned about any runoff from your yard on into the sewer system and that kind of thing because mm-hmm. there, there are enough enough nutrients in the mississippi and minnesota river already yeah. we don't need to add to that it's problem and i know we've talked about this in the past we have a couple minutes left but like make sure your leaves are cleaned up and not yeah. running yeah. into the water system chop them up exactly. tiny small exactly because that's really... they don't benefit from the big ones you chop them up tiny small and then that helps with our pests and it doesn't clog exactly. up our water systems you can keep it in your yard but mm-hmm. that's the reason if you see this time of the year especially like in North Mankato, anyway, there's city, the city sweepers are coming through all the time. Right. Yeah. And what they're doing is cleaning up the leaves that have already fallen um, to keep those out of the out of the sewer system, out of the water, because that just basically turns into phosphorus once that all decomposes and it just runs right into yeah. the river. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, in the city where we're every half of us half of it is concrete and that water just runs right off into right. the sewer system. Look at yeah. So, Look into cover crops too for your raised beds. Okay, I think it's. I think we still have time that we can plant some cover crops like oats. Only if I remove my zinnias and if replenish the them, soil, like Joyce and said, I have to do. Your, <laughs> yep. Yes. I've yes, got ma'am. Some work. I'm worth yes, to ma'am. do. Yep. <laughs> cover crops. Cover crops like maybe clover or maybe. Yep. And we can do oats. You oats? can do clover. Okay. You can even do some grasses or uh, legumes. Certain right. things, and well, you just. Let them die over winter. Just, but just be aware with the grasses, grasses, and that kind of stuff. 
sure they die back real, in the winter. There's a real good chance that you're going to have a problem then that they're yep. going to you're they're going to overtake your bed, your flower bed. They're going to so, come back. You know, so. I'm going to ask people on the can't survive. I'm going to opt for the oat straw maybe. I don't yep. know. I've got compost that's ready to go on top of the beds uh, when I put them to bed. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to cover them with some straw, I think, after doing a little bit of fertilizing. We've got a lot of maple trees and I use maple leaves. Okay. Like, and and yeah. they, they are fabulous because they're so big. Yeah. And they they don't mat down like some smaller leaves. You get that sure. icy November rainy half sleety stuff. You have a blanket it, of leaves. You have a well. blanket of leaves and all of a sudden it turns into a great big sheet of ice and it, it's mm-hmm. really not good. Nobody needs that. What we do need is more information from our master gardeners and thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Uh, we will see you next month. Do you have anything else going on? October 1st is the deadline to sign up to become a master gardener coming up you too could be having these yeah nerd out conversations about plants <laughs> and come join us here all right where do we sign up at online at the u of m the extension all right we'll send people in that direction thank you so much joyce and kim we'll see you next time thank you thank you